0: Thank you.
1: Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a little bit of news to get to before getting into another whole host of football recruiting updates. It was a busy weekend this past weekend with Wisconsin picking up an initial commitment, but a lot of other prospects decided on their schools as well, with Wisconsin not being the winner. So we'll talk about um, any of those that may have been a tough blow um, for UW, and then after that we'll kind of get into with the official June visit window now past. What's kind of next for Wisconsin football in terms of the recruiting circuit? Um, it seems like this end of June, early July was uh, something that we said you know in multiple episodes that it was really going to take off. It certainly did that, and maybe beyond even our expectations. But now. The dust has somewhat settled a little bit with that window now closed. Most of the visits all were wrapped up. So what's next for Wisconsin football recruiting is certainly going to be an interesting conversation to have. So we'll get into that. We'll talk some position coach preview with Rosh Kalaji in the defensive line. Uh, now that that recruiting part is kind of closed as well. So there's plenty to get to with kind of taking off and being a very busy time of year here in early July.
2: Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. You know what? You just made my day because you said Ross Kalaji's name correctly that time. That was awesome.
0: I've been,
1: I've been practicing that one. I remember the, I can't remember how I pronounced it that one time because I had never really said it. It was like it a Kalaji or a Kalaji yeah. or
0: there's <laughs> something all like that. Stuff and I was being like, you know off. what?
1: I am going gonna, gonna to knock this one out of the park. I know it now. I've heard Matt correct me on it enough times. I know what I'm saying. And I'm glad that you gave me that stamp of approval because that was one that, that was always great. that one trips me up quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, that should be a, a fun conversation at the end and uh how was your uh, fourth of July weekend?
2: It was great. It was nice to be outside, great weather, be out on the lake, enjoy time with friends and family, uh and so it was a great time. How about you? Yep, a lot of the same.
1: We were both we were talking about it a little bit off air. We were both kinda tired but excited to get back to the podcast after a long weekend of a beat in the sun and, and having too many beers and being outside for too long—that's what the Fourth of July is is meant to be. And sounds like we both certainly took advantage of that. Uh, but before we get into the football recruiting, let's talk a little bit of news. Not a lot to get to because I know we talked about Frank Kaminsky and the Phoenix Suns um, in the NBA Finals last episode. Of course, go Bucks! Bucks and six. As much as we love Frank, I know we're both going to be pulling for the Milwaukee Bucks on Tuesday evening. But there is another little bit of basketball to update on with Jonathan Davis. Um, playing for team USA uh, right now. Uh, they played their first game. He struggled a little bit, bounced back for seven points in game two. They've got their final uh, group game coming up in the next few days. I can't remember what day that is on, but certainly good to see him playing. I know in that opener struggled to, to find a shot a little bit, but bounced back nicely in game two. This team, for that team USA is so deep, got a lot of talent. So seven points is probably what you want to see more from him if he was playing, you know, in a Wisconsin game. But with the depth that they have in these team USA teams, seven points is a pretty pretty solid output. So what do you make of his play so far with the up and down performances for Team USA?
2: Yeah, I mean they actually had their their third game today earlier, um, and he put it together another seven points. Um, he followed out, actually, in that game. But um, overall, I, I think the big thing to take away from this is he's having the opportunity to get out there and play. Um, so far, the, the moment hasn't been too big for him. Um, I, I think fans would have loved to see a, a little bit better output from him, a little bit more consistency. Uh, I know you look at, like, Jaden Ivey for Purdue going off against Turkey mm-hmm. um, and, and seeing kind of some... You, you're really looking at a team that's got so many different weapons that USA does, especially when you compare it to uh, other teams across the country or and across the world that it, he's not going to get the, the time and the minutes to, to really um, make or break and really do a lot. But I think one thing is that hopefully – this can, he can get in a rhythm and, and really kind of fire off here because he is a really talented player. Um, but at the same time, just like we saw last year, it's consistency at times where he looks like he's the best player on the court for the Badgers some points last year, but then other times he was completely non-existent. So far, he's been pretty non-existent. Other than, you know, seven points in back to back games isn't terrible, but, but I, I still think that he is capable of much more and I'm sure he would say the same thing. Yeah I mean that's
1: definitely uh, I I think when you talk about basketball and and playing overseas and playing with new faces and and new people all around them it takes a lot to to get settled in so we'll see how he kind of keeps continuing to play as he moves forward here in this tournament like you've said. I think think at the end of the day all you want to see from him is experience. I'm sure he would certainly want to play a little bit better and and perform a little bit um, higher than where he's at right now but at when you look at the what he gains from playing in this this whole thing it is gonna, I think, reap dividends certainly farther down the line. When he's back with UW this upcoming season, I think you'll certainly see an improvement of his game and you know, improvement of his confidence playing at this level in a place um, with so many talented players under some some really talented coaching. So you can take from what you what you want from it, but I think at the
2: end of the day, it'll be a positive net experience for him moving forward.
0: Yeah, for sure,
2: and and really, I think. The more comfortable he gets, the more his game will evolve and continue to grow, especially in in the international setting. All right, we'll move on to some recruiting now because it was a really big weekend over this past Fourth
1: of July weekend for a lot of different things. Wisconsin did pick up a commitment, so we'll start with the good first. Um, they picked up a commitment from Austin Brown out of Johnson City, Illinois. Honestly, when, in terms of recruiting, we've talked a lot about a lot of different guys his name hasn't came up a whole lot on the podcast, but really a guy that Wisconsin was was very much after and in tune with in terms of a player. Very athletic, he's got some speed. I think he fits really well with what Jim Leonard is kind of wanting to do. Um, had had a pretty strong offer list as well with you know teams like um, you know Boston College, Illinois, Michigan, and Northwestern in his finals, and had had multiple other offers um, from some Power Five schools that way. Uh, So really overall, again, a guy that we haven't talked all that much about, but a very talented player that really helps out that safety position. I think he could be a guy that has a little bit of versatility, probably lines up to be a safety right now, but certainly a guy that you could move around if things change in terms of weight, athleticism, stuff like that. So what did you make of the pickup and uh, how do you think he fits in this Badger
2: defense under Jim Leonard moving forward? I love the pickup. I think he was one of their top players, one of their top defensive targets um, on their board. And, and you look at it right now, I mean, he's he's one of their top players in this class as of right now. And I would anticipate that there's going to be some other players that are going to leapfrog him in terms of status, you know, star rating. But I think he's a kid who he's rated by 247 Sports as a four-star in their standalone rankings, and, and you look at his film, you look at his offer list, and it fits um, really nicely. I think Jim Leonard's going to be able to use him in a similar role to kind of like what we saw out of Caputo, um, where where he can kind of come down, get into the box. He can do a lot of different things. He's good in coverage, but really he accelerates and is extremely fast when he gets going, and he can deliver a thump. So I, I really like the pickup. I think – um, an interesting aspect of of the Badgers winning out is he was wanted by those two in-state schools, North Northwestern and Illinois. I mean, Illinois had him at the top of their board. He was like their number one player that they wanted in the class because they've been really trying to make inroads in-state, where they've really struggled. And the Badgers went into Illinois and the southern part of Illinois and took him right out of there as Brett Bielema really wanted him and had put in a lot of effort to get him. So I think that being able to send a clear message right away to a new staff at Illinois and Brett Bielema I think was a, a nice cherry to this commitment because really he's a talented player, but I think that has just a big just as big as ramifications as, as it does what he brings to the table because he's really talented. He's going to be able to do a lot of really good things in the safety position, especially after not taking a whole bunch of safeties the past two classes. I think he's a kid who could who could come in and, and have a shot to play fairly early, and I think he fits nicely with Hunter Wohler in terms of what they bring to the table as well.
1: Yeah, I like that you mentioned that because that was kind of the other aspect that I was thinking of so with Hunter Wohler, and, of course, you know, you looked at – The recruiting this past few years with that position, you originally planned on Braylon Allen possibly being a safety. Of course, that conversation has changed from him possibly being a linebacker to now starting out at running back. So that kind of gave you some flexibility at the safety position to take on a player that you, of course, were high on. But all of a sudden, there's maybe more of a natural fit in terms of the the guys that they have at that position. He pairs well with Hunter Wohler, and I think he's got a really good size where you could drop down and, and be that linebacker hybrid type guy when you need it. So I, I think the fit makes a ton of sense when you look at it in that regard. The athleticism is, is certainly off the charts. He's, again, a guy that has played multiple positions in at the high school level, played offense, um, running back, and um, you know a quarterback a little bit as well. So athletic kid that you can move around is never a bad thing to have, and it fits in nicely with this class overall. But the, the added layer of going into the state of Illinois, you've seen Wisconsin really close up the border and not let those top-talented kids get out of the state of Wisconsin. So far, they've done that. They still have an uphill battle to get in some of these other guys as they wait for commitments, but you got to feel pretty good about it where they're at right now. But Illinois, a program that's up and coming, a lot of talent in that state, with them having him circled as one of their top guys and, and Brett Bielema trying to change that culture of that program and, and get it back to where they think they can be. I think that's a huge win for Wisconsin. Anytime you're picking off top players from Illinois, Minnesota going into Michigan and winning battles and, and going against, you know, some of these other Big 10 schools that you compete with day in and day out, that's always a huge win. So to take a top player from the state of Illinois and land him in Wisconsin in Madison is is never a bad thing by any means. Yeah, I mean, if if
2: you look at it, he he's going to have to drive essentially right through Champaign to get to a Badger game, or his family will. So it's 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 definitely a, a nice win for the Badgers on the recruiting trail in, in what was kind of a weekend that they missed out on some guys.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really good transition. But before we do that, we'll talk about a transfer that Wisconsin picked up um, earlier today in Tommy Bruner. Of course, if the name sounds familiar, brother to four-star commit Joe Bruner. And uh, Tommy, the last few years has been with Northern Illinois University, Didn't really see a lot of playing time there, kind of a a hybrid outside linebacker defensive end in high school. Probably when you look at him coming to Wisconsin, translates to more of an outside linebacker position, but when you talk about Joe Bruner, of course, committing to Wisconsin, it makes sense that when Tommy went into the transfer portal that he could end up with the Wisconsin, And, and of course, a week later, he announced his decision to come to join the Badger family, so... Wisconsin, once again, landed the the brother pairing that they've done so well at for the last uh, few years especially. What do you make of him? Kind of an interesting situation, maybe not as well-known of a player, but athleticism and, and family ties uh, certainly make it
2: a smart move for Wisconsin. Yeah, I would assume that this, this is a walk-on commitment mm-hmm. um, that he's making that shift to the Badgers, um, coming coming from Whitefish Bay as well, six three two fifty five. He's listed as a defensive end on um, Northern Illinois' website. I think that if his path to, to playing time, and I know we're going to talk about Ross Kalaji and, and kind of his group later on, but his path to playing time is probably a hell of a lot easier if he sticks at defensive end and and throws on some weight in the trenches compared to trying to be an outside linebacker where there's – I mean, the talent level there is, is pretty high. So I, I think that this is a really good get because you're getting a walk-on for a kid who had a scholarship coming out of high school, um, if it is, in fact, a walk-on, which I'm assuming, given the tight crunch of scholarships as is. But, but I think – Decent size, especially if he can add some weight, I think put his hand in the dirt and see what he can do. And I, I think it's it's always good to bring in a couple brothers, and, and hopefully that, that helps um, the, the younger brother as well just kind of ease into everything and, and get Joe ready for uh, what's going to be at Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, the, the way I look at it is if if Tommy Bruner is, is anywhere as physical as what you see from Joe on tape, you are probably got a guy that, that's a high-motor kid, that is is not going to be afraid to, to get up in someone's face and, and hit somebody. So that that always works well. Um, just the physicality you see from his brother, you you hope if he's got even part of that, that he comes to be comes to Wisconsin and with a chip on his shoulder and, and maybe makes some things happen. I think that makes a ton of sense when you look at position wise with him kind of being that that in betweener, you know, in terms of weight right now, he probably looks to be a guy that could play. You know, in, in terms of his frame at, at the linebacker position, but in terms of path to the field, it might be more beneficial for him to try and put on some pounds and, and stay on the defensive line. Because you're right, the, the linebacker talent that Wisconsin's acquired, especially these last few years, these last couple of classes, is off the charts, and you're going to start to see more of them as they work through camp and get to be a little bit older. Defensive line not as nearly as deep, still some talent there for sure, but maybe a better path to the field that way. So. I think when you look at it, if he is, in fact, a, a walk-on player, which it seems like he would be, uh, you're essentially getting you know, a, a brother, four-star recruit offensive lineman that's the top player in the class and the possibility of a defensive lineman that maybe blossoms into something more. Again, Wisconsin's had a really successful run. You've got Chennault brothers. You've got Sanborn brothers. The Watt brothers have a pretty good track record there. Um, so you, I think it's a good deal for Wisconsin. It's not like you're taking an overt risk and, and maybe he blossoms into more than what he's been at Northern Illinois. Maybe a change of scenery, being closer to home, being uh, on campus with his brother. I know it's a guy that Wisconsin had his eye on originally, just never really panned out at that level the first time around in terms of recruiting. So I think it makes a ton of sense that, and, and not a ton of risk for Wisconsin to move forward and pursue a player like him.
2: Yeah, it's there's there's no risk to this. It's you're taking in a walk-on potentially that um, that that has a little experience at the Division One level, has already gone through the growing pains that sometimes kick or or help push out um, some of the younger players who who tend to walk on. So you know he's going to be headstrong. He's ready to get in after it. So now it's just a matter of seeing where he fits in the equation and letting that play out. All right, you
1: talked about it a little bit earlier with Wisconsin missing out on a few targets over this past week, and, of course, they picked up um, Austin Brown and, of course, the transfer Tommy Brunner, but a lot of other guys did not choose UW, so we'll go through the list here. Caleb Cooley, a uh, cornerback commit, committed to Vanderbilt. Felix Hickson, defensive line, committed to South Carolina. James Mons the third, committed to Indiana. Another cornerback, Andrew Keller, we've talked about it a little bit him at the tight end position committed to Iowa State, K.J. Miles, the other defensive lineman that Wisconsin was really in on, Georgia Tech, and then Nicholas Singleton, uh, of course, one of the top running backs in the country, was heavy favorite to end up at Penn State, announced his commitment to Penn State as well, so when you look at the recruiting board for Wisconsin, a lot of the answers are all of a sudden starting to, you're starting to have answers to, you look at where we were at the beginning of June, all these guys were still up in the air, you you went through and previewed each weekend in terms of visits there was a lot of uh, excitement but the other side of the coin with you know you landed nine out of nine players in 10 days you can't take everybody and you probably weren't gonna win every one of these and that's a list of uh, quite a few guys and some talented guys that they missed out on so Wisconsin's been on a good run but were any of these guys overly tough blows for Wisconsin that you maybe didn't see coming or, or was these all mostly expected to maybe go? against the Badgers in these
2: situations? I think there's a couple of these guys that the Badgers would have loved to have had, Um, you know, specifically Caleb Coley, James, James Mons, the third. I think if they could have landed one of those guys, I think they would have been really happy, especially considering the fact that Avion Jones could probably end up playing a little safety if they wanted him to, has a little bit more versatility. Um, I think Mons would end up being a really good slot player. Um, And I think, You know, kudos to Indiana for winning out that battle that was a hard-fought battle that included Nebraska as well where his uncle played. So um, Caleb Coley, another kid that I think the staff would have loved to have had as well. So I think those two, like if we're looking out of this group, who they had a realistic shot of getting and they missed out on, I think those those are both guys that if they had – said, called up, you know, Paul Christ wanting to commit, they would have taken it. Um, Felix Tixton, I, I think that he was another kid that I'm guessing they probably would have taken, given the fact that they needed a couple more defensive linemen. Um, you know, he's staying closer to home, ending up at South Carolina. That, that makes a ton of sense. Um, I, I don't think Michigan and Andrew Keller is, is anything um, at this point. I, I think it, this is actually kind of a win for the Badgers. Um, the fact that he ended up at Iowa State and not at Iowa, um, everything had kind of pointed towards Iowa for a while there, and Iowa State kind of swung momentum. Iowa State actually has a really good tight end tradition and has pumping, been pumping them out the last few years, so I think it's a good fit. But I think it's as much as Wisconsin never went all in on Keller, they never threw out the offer, for him to end up at Iowa State instead of Iowa, I think that's a win in and of itself. Um, KJ Miles, I I think in all honesty, I think that ship sailed after he had that second knee injury here recently. He, he tore his ACL earlier in high school, had another knee injury here recently, um, right around the time that he was coming and visiting. Um, I, I don't know everything involved in that recruitment and I'm not going to try to know everything, but at the same time, um, Maybe Georgia Tech is where he wants to be, which is really good academic school. But but I think that there's more to that because he had a lot of offers and it dwindled pretty quickly there for him. But, yeah, I mean, Singleton, they would have loved to have had him. Penn State's building a really strong class this year. Um And Singleton is a guy that would have been just an added bonus for the Badgers. They They took like 17 running backs last year, it feels like. So I don't know if it was a need, but at the same time, any, any point where you can get one of the top backs in the country, the number three running back in the country, according to 247, I think, I think you try to. Um, so I, I, think Wisconsin's probably done it running back. So it wasn't like a complete, um, you know, shift for them or anything major, but really, I think if you look at Coley and Mons, if they could have got one of those two, I think, um, that would have softened the blow of this weekend a little bit more.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. When you look at we've spent so much time talking about the cornerback room and the defensive line room and whether they could pick up, you know, we originally thought with the four that they were going after in in the cornerback room that if they could pick up three of them, I think that's a slam dunk home run win. Uh, I think with, when you pick up the two that they, of course, had and missed out on the other two, you, you feel okay about it. You feel pretty good with what Hank Boteet's got there right now. But there is still... The, the depth factor next year, you know, after this upcoming season, you're going to lose a few guys uh, to graduation that way. So you maybe wanted wanted to add one more to give you a little bit more depth at that position um, just going off of last year, not taking a ton of corners. So that one I think was probably the toughest blow. I agree with you on the defensive line with with K.J. Miles or Felix Hickson. You know, if the situation would have shook out and you could pick up one of those to, to pair with Curtis Neal on the defensive line, that's great. But now that you maybe with the transfer of, of Tommy Bruner and some other and you you know Isaac Townsend came in, maybe you don't feel as much of a need. Maybe you got your top guy in Curtis Neal and Curtis deal and that's who you're gonna ride with for this class. Keller, I don't think you're gonna be too upset about you know Wisconsin did their homework, they had him there, they decided to go with j t c Seagreaves uh, and and really was right in front of them, so you got to trust their decision making. And, again, Nicholas Singleton, if you could have landed great. I applaud Wisconsin for the, the push that they made late. But to pick off a player out of Pennsylvania, one of the top running backs, we talk about it, borders on each state, it would have been a really tough blow for Penn State to see him get out of the state. They weren't going to let that happen. And, and they made a good push and, and landed him. So you got to give kudos. Again, you can't win every battle. Wisconsin had a really good run, knock down 9 of 10, and now they can hopefully focus in on some of these other big in-state guys, because I think those are going to be the key pieces to land to really make um, make this class excel to where they want it to be, so if you look at the cornerbacks and the defensive line, those are maybe the tough blows and and guys that you would have maybe taken one of them, but... I don't think anything's too devastating outside of the cornerback room. I think that one would have been a little bit more important, but something you can probably live with and survive uh, and and turn some attention to that class, uh, of course, or that position in the next year's class.
2: Yeah, I I think really now – that you brought up that you've got the in-state crop that still needs to make decisions, right? Like that's kind of what's next for Wisconsin when you're looking at your, you've got Carson Hinsman, you've got Isaac Ham, you've got Billy Frost. Those, those three are, are really the, the, players who uh, the Badgers are just kind of waiting on, right? Like these are guys who have all said probably going to be making a decision over the summer. I think the Badgers are, are in a really good spot to potentially get all three um, if they can close here. But um, beyond that, the board is kind of shaken up because you went into it not knowing exactly how many kids they were going to have in this class. They're at 11 right now. I think it will get somewhere close to that, like, 17. 18 maybe if they can kind of squeeze some guys in. Um, but I honestly know that a lot of teams across the country uh, are holding off on um, on doing official visits in the spring here because they wanted to get people on campus in the fall, wanting to see what fall um, – some, some fall tape from kids and see kids from camp. I, I would think that there might be some more fall uh, camp offers that go out based off of, you know, now that things have happened – the staff might look at it and go, okay, now we're going to throw a couple more offers out. Um, you, got, you got Kenneth Grant, who is a kid who took a surprise official visit to Wisconsin. He's also getting plenty of looks from across the Big Ten as well out of Indiana. Um, I think Wisconsin's battling Ohio State and Michigan there, but um, he's another kid that you know, might, might be in the, the picture for Wisconsin to potentially win out on. But really looking at like where things are, I think there's going to be kind of a best available feel to Wisconsin. And then you might not hear a lot other than kind of those five, six names that I talked about until the fall because there's, there's going to be kind of a wait. Want to see some kids in, in the fall, in, uh, fall tape and, and then maybe make decisions, maybe push for some flips. Um, because I, I think right now when you've looked at their offer list, maybe there's an extra wide receiver they could try to bring in if they' if they want to but but really I think that a lot of their class was kind of taken care of and and now it's just a matter of trying to close out on the guys that you need to win out with and then maybe trying to add a few more here or there um, to needs that kind of pop up and that, and you'll know more about your needs come fall when you have your own practices going on as well. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting. It's crazy how how
1: fast things took off in, in this past month to now all of a sudden it's going to really, I don't want to say come to a halt because, like you mentioned, there's some big in-state names that Wisconsin's going to be. I think their focus will be solely on making sure to put their best pitch forward and continue to keep in contact with all three of those guys to hopefully land and sweep the board with those guys. And, and that all of a sudden bolsters your class even more, and then from there, like you said, I think it's kind of a, a situation where you look at and say, okay, where do we need to to keep going, and where can we maybe um, you know find some guys like a Kenneth Grant? He's you know when you look at the guys that have taken visits, him and the in-state guys are the only ones that don't have a decision made. So it's certainly now going to be where can Wisconsin go out, figure out their needs, try to kick the tires on some maybe some players that are possibly committed and maybe you can flip or you know guys that are committed and not super maybe you there's a change of heart those situations pop up from time to time so there's no doubt that the in-state guys are, are going to be their main focus and if you land you know those three on the top of what they've already got with Joe Brunner all of a sudden you're in a really good position to um you're you're happy with where you're at in the class but there's still going to be a few positions of need and to be interesting to see what approach Wisconsin takes to try and figure out those needs and um, fill them with some names that maybe not aren't on the board right now. I mean, I'm sure there's guys that they've watched tape on and looked at, but maybe they're going to start doing a little bit more digging, like I said, kick the tires and try to find some other opportunities, like a player like Kenneth Grant, who kind of popped up late, took an official visit, in, and now is, is you know, trending in that Big Ten, you know, Wisconsin-Ohio State uh, type of range. So certainly an interesting situation uh, with where Wisconsin's at from a rapid fever pitch pace to all of a sudden really slow and attention to detail on some of these big names.
2: Yeah, it, it, things are going to be a little bit more methodical from here out um, with recruiting. Maybe maybe not early July here where some of the other in-state guys are making decisions, but I, I really do think that there's going to be uh, a gap in, in terms of the recruiting candidates for a bit here. Yeah, it's gonna be
1: fascinating to watch. I mean, even the you know, most of the offers that Wisconsin has put out, you know, these are decision made, or um, you know, the recruiting is certainly cooled. So it's it's gonna be fascinating to see which which way this coaching staff kind of goes, and and how how happy they are with with certain guys at certain positions, and see where they can maybe go and, and spend a little bit more time, and, and see if they can. Uh, flip some guys around. But right now it's it's kind of up in the air for where Wisconsin tries to go, and uh, I'm, you want to circle in and hone in on the big names, the in-state guys. Those are obviously key and, and crucial. We've been talking about them for it feels like forever, almost years with this group, but uh, there's still some important guys that will be out there to try and fill out the class. I think they've addressed a lot of the needs that they're going to, to need, and, and but there's going to be other needs that will pop up uh, this fall, like you mentioned, for sure.
2: Should we get into our coach preview?
0: Yeah,
1: I think that translates nicely because we've talked a little bit about the defensive line. So we'll talk about Ross Colagi here with where he's at right now. You, you look at it, the dust is now kind of settled at the defensive line position. Of course, we've talked about Curtis Neal. He was a huge pickup. I think he'll be a great player for the Badgers and a guy that. Again, we've talked about his recruitment a lot, but went against Ohio State, won that battle. He seems to be very eager to to get on campus, so I think that's a huge win in terms of recruitment. The other guys you talk about, Felix Hickson was the guy that they were in on. K.J. Miles, again, the guy they were in on. I know his recruitment, like you mentioned, kind of uh, went wayward a little bit. You've got Kenneth Grant, who they're still in on. So in terms of recruiting, we'll start there with him. It seems like right now you've got to be happy with the land. Of the, you know, with Curtis Neal, the guy that they've got, I think, is uh, are tremendously talented. That's a good start. But there's other guys that they were certainly in contention for that didn't make it. Maybe Felix Hicks in the one that you were maybe more eager after, and, and maybe Kenneth Grant ends up being a Badger. Who knows? And all of a sudden it's, it's maybe even a, a better situation. But right now, how do you feel about the defensive line recruitment before we get into the guys that they've already got on campus and, of course, on the team?
2: I think you have to be really happy with what he's done so far. I mean, you, you look at their board and and they got their top guy. Like mm-hmm. they got who they wanted. Um, Curtis Neal was their number one defensive line recruit for most of this. Um, I, I think you could also say that um, Isaac Ham is kind of a defensive line recruit. They're they're looking at him as an outside linebacker slash. Um, defensive end, so kind of that hybrid role, um, and, which I think he would fit in perfectly, which, but Kalaji's been in there from the jump in recruiting him. So I think overall you've got to be very pleased with what he's doing in the recruiting, um, recruiting landscape. I, I do think that they're going to try to get another defensive line, um, commit in here. Um, looking at who they currently have, I know there's a long time that Barrett Nelson was considered a defensive end, and it could wind up at that position as well. I'm guessing they stick with them at O-line for now. But um, Wisconsin, Kenneth Grant, Quintel Jones, kid who is going to take an official visit, ended up going and visiting Miami and Tennessee here in the summer, but is planning to come back possibly for a, a visit in the fall. Um, maybe, maybe they can make some waves in that recruitment, big kid out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they're going to add one more defensive lineman. Just when you look at numbers, it, it makes a ton of sense for them to bring somebody in, especially when you went in and brought in uh, a, a defensive lineman in the transfer portal. It, it, I think that kind of points to they, they want to add more depth at that position. So maybe they bring in another defensive lineman. I don't know who it would be right now if it's not Grant or Jones. But, or, or maybe a flip down the line. But, um, but really, I, I think so far, I think Kalaji's done a great job and, and has earned kind of the benefit of the doubt, um, because he was able to, to win out for their, his top guy. And, and now let him figure out the other player because, um, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what he can do once he actually has these guys on campus.
1: Yeah, I think the other part of it, too, is you're talking about a guy that, of course, is a strength and conditioning coach coming over, getting into that recruiting part, to go out there and, and get your top guy in, in, in a very new role. I mean, I'm sure in terms of recruiting, he, he had kind of gotten you known, get to know prospects when they come on campus, things like that, introduce yourself, but now all of a sudden you're focusing and honing in on a position, and, and that's where you're going, and you've got to you know, make some ground and and win and go into these houses and win these battles so I'm sure that's a a new position that he of course moved into you you got to feel confident with what he was teaching in terms of technique and the guys that he had on campus or the recruiting part was probably the part where maybe you were a little bit more nervous just because he's probably a little bit new to that process overall so for him to go out and get his top guy when you look at it that way I think is a huge plus if you can land somebody else. I think you're in a really good spot in terms of where you're at on the defensive line. So I, I think perspective is important when you when you think about these new position coaches and where they came from before. And some of these guys, you know, Gary Brown coming from the NFL, recruiting might be a little bit new. Roskalaji in his position, recruiting might be a little bit new. So when you look at it from that perspective, I think you've got to be happy with where they're at right now. They add, if they add another player, I think they're even in better shape, and it'll well, be interesting to see now what he can do because you felt confident in the technique, and the recruiting part was maybe one part you were a little bit worried about, but that seems to, so far, been something that he looks like he's going to handle no problem.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think recruiting is going to be something, at least right now, that I'm worried about with him. Um, I'm, I'm excited, though, to see what he can do in terms of development with these guys. All
1: right, when we talk about going beyond recruiting in terms of the defensive line, uh, Last year, was a, it was a weird year overall. I know pressure, when you talk about Wisconsin's defense, the defensive line essentially is a, a group that likes to take on a lot of blocks, open things up for the outside linebackers. So the sack numbers you can't really judge too much off of. Uh, of course, coming into this year, you got to feel great what you got at the defensive nose tackle position with Benton. You like a lot of the guys along the defensive line, but what is it going to take from Ross Kolodziej, what is like maybe his teachings that he's going to try and pass on to really up this group from really, you know, pretty solid guys, good, to a really strong Big Ten, high quality defensive
2: line? I mean, if if you've ever watched him play back in the day, I mean, he's a tough, effort. So I would I would believe that that would be something that he's going to really instill in this group is is toughness and physicality, um and and really just kind of working on some some hand placement. I mean he's got he's got good tools, good good players to work with here. It's it's going to be a matter of just com- continuing to to add some of that explosiveness. To add some of that game breaking ability for, into that defensive line. And, and I think that Wisconsin's got some players who can do that. Matt Henningsen, um, Keanu Benton for sure. Um, and, and I, I think one of the big challenges for Claudia is going to be making sure to keep cycling some of these younger guys up so that, so that when a guy like Keanu Benton is gone or Matt Henningsen is gone, that you've got guys behind them that are ready to step up.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point when you look at – you know, you've, you've got guys that are talented that have been in the program for a few years now. You'll, you'll certainly teach them you know, new techniques and, and things that they think they can improve on, but you've got you – know, we talked about it like with Hank Boteet. You've got these younger guys that you're maybe going to have two, three years with. Where I think that's where you maybe judge where the position is developing because right now some guys you've got what you've got and they'll, they'll learn a little bit and they'll get better under teaching, but what you develop with these younger guys that are going to be in the program under you for a couple of years is probably where you make the most gains and where you'll really see what how the teachings have been working. So I'm interested to see what he can do with some of these young guys, and, and hopefully he can get a little bit of spark and production higher with some of these other older guys, but there's only so much you can do um, with some of that group, and so it's going to be interesting to watch in that regard as well. But um, I'm interested to see where he goes from here. I know it's a position that Wisconsin historically has not always done the best at in terms of recruiting and development. So I think so far with where they're at, you've got to be happy with how the position looks under Ross Kalaji.
2: Yeah, so far so good. I, my my main, main questions for him um, aren't with recruiting, aren't with even with development, but but really stylistically, what are they going to do with a couple different guys? Rodis Johnson comes to mind, Gio Paez, Isaac Townsend. Those are guys who um, I, I think could all have a role on this team this year. I think Isaiah Mullins and Ian Henningsen are going to be your starters, at, at least right now at the defensive end spots. But Geo Paez can play inside at that nose tackle spot, but he can also pop out to the end. Do they keep him at nose tackle to get ready just in case Benton leaves, just in case um, you, you need depth behind Bryson Williams, say, in 2022? Um, or do you give, get him on the field and let him play some defensive end this year? How far along is Isaac Townsend? Is he ready to play a from the jump and and help out right away because you bring him in as a transfer. He's got a couple years under his belt from Oregon. Can he get out there and get on the field right away? And then Rodas Johnson. Is, is he going to be a kid who's going to see major minutes this year and push to make it a three-man rotation at that defensive end spot? Or does Bryson Williams pop out and play some defensive end as well? I think those are the main questions I have, and then I'm excited to see what he comes up with in fall camp because I think those are the things that we'll really know about his philosophy, what he's bringing to the table, is how creative he can be to put some of these guys who – who have talents who can who can help out in different kind of niches of what you need from them and and where they fit into the overall equation um, given his you know what he wants out of his group.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. When you look at fall, you know, I know we're gonna get close to fall practices here soon. That's gonna be what to keep an eye on is where some of these guys are at developmentally and if if they're ready to get on the field and really. Um, contribute in a big way. I think they're, they're certainly looking for guys that are going to be ready to take on a hu- huge role. I mean, you look at a guy like Matt Henningsen, been a rotation player for you know the last couple years, but all of a sudden now you need a little bit more from him. And if he's taking on more, you're going to need other guys that are going to need to take on more. So where each of these guys are at, who makes a really good push. I know you know when you, t- when you heard from him in spring practice, he was happy with a lot of the guys and was impressed with some of them. But does that continue through the summer into the fall and into games? Because practices and spring practice, you can take a lot of, you can learn a lot from what you've got on your roster. But September 4th against Penn State, you're going to know whether what was kind of working, where it needs to be tweaked. And it's not like you've got a situation with some of these non-conference games that you can maybe work some things out. You're starting with a Big Ten game against a high-quality opponent. So you, you've got to really buckle down and learn what you've got at some of those positions, and which guys are ready. So I think that part is a
2: great point and certainly going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah. I, I, like I said, he knows what he's doing. He's an incredibly smart person. Um, he knows the game of football, knows the defensive line, um, positioned really, really well after giving um, his all as a Badger and and in the NFL for multiple years. So that, that I don't worry about. Now it's just a matter of what can he bring that's going to differentiate him from um Brechterfield and and kind of bring this defense even to a new level because let's be honest, the defensive line for Wisconsin has been okay at at times and there's been pieces where guys have done some nice things, but let's see if they can they can get um, a little bit more pressure, a little bit more havoc in that backfield to open things up even further for that for those defensive line I mean for those outside linebackers to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. Yeah, I think that's
1: a great way to put it, is that you look at you know, what this group has been has been good, but what they could be and what it would do for the Wisconsin defense to have a little bit even higher level defensive line is certainly something that uh, could could elevate this team as you look at their goals as they move forward um, into the Big Ten season and, and into a uh, possible college football, you know, New Year's Six type bowl. That is something that you, you certainly will need high production from. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, thank you for listening in. As we talked a lot of recruiting, a little bit of defensive line, as always, on Wisconsin.